Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, provoke, and cause others to collaborate while taking action. With your host, media princess, Carrie Keller, the beauty maker, Christina Wirtz, and the lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lake. Do you dream of having long, luxurious hair? Now that dream can be reality with the help of Christina Wirtz's expertise in beaded hair extensions. Christina, owner of Haven Salon Healing in Scottsdale, wants you to feel sexy and confident again, no matter what your age. Whether you're looking for Instagram-worthy mermaid hair or you want the thickness back that you used to have, these extensions are the safest and highest quality on the market today. Christina blends them perfectly into your hair so that you can style it up, leave it down, wear it straight or wavy. Painless, easy, and affordable. Call to book your free consultation today with Christina, the beauty maker at 480-788-8880. Hey, hey, how's it going? We're taking fun little pictures in here. We're all saying no. And you open the show with a meow. Meow. It's more like a half meow. It's one of those days. Yeah. It's been a week. What kind of week has it been? A week that we're going to Vegas for. You're going to Vegas? Yeah, this week created a trip to Vegas. It did. We? Sure. All five of us? Six Absolutely. of us? Absolutely. Everyone's invited. <laughs> oh, now. <laughs> okay. It's a real party. So you leaving right after the show? So. Nope. November. That's so far away. Yeah, but you got to live into something. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Talking about things in the future. <laughs> yeah. So websites and real estate is the topic for today. And it was funny because I was reading Megan's uh, bio and I was really excited because she has 16 years doing this. Yes. And I love the name of your company. Thank you. You want to tell everybody? Yeah. I own Geeked Out Media and we help people up level their website. We talk about the fact that we help people do what they love and we'll tell the world about it so they don't have to figure out the tech side of it. They don't have to deal with it. So do you do all of it? Like images, which usually is what takes me out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so like photography or graphics, those types of things. Yes, we work with photographers. We, we do graphic design as well. Wow. So does, what, do, like, what do we have to come to you with? Like the concept and you take Sometimes over? The ideas and also the proven uh, product or service that actually is going to sell. So we don't like to take on any jobs that we know you're going to come in failing <laughs> because you haven't proven your your. <laughs> your product can sell that type of a thing but come with the ideas and we can make it happen like carrie's um kitty cat sweatshirt business <laughs> absolutely seriously that would be huge it hey cats you sell cat we don't we don't <laughs> oh, you take that, that on. on i don't know we don't know if it sells yet <laughs> <laughs> it sells <laughs> wow. so do you do create the copy do you write it all do you so some of it yes we do uh some of the copywriting we also work with copywriters who can do advanced but as an entrepreneur you know your business best so we like to work pretty hands-on with you to create copy Ah, so what if someone has a website already? Is that something that you can yeah. help them redo? I know that was one of our questions we were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So we do a lot of um, website makeovers is what we call them. So people come and they've maybe started themselves or they, they've done DIY or worked with a different company or just that it's outdated. You know, it's 10 years and they haven't looked at their website. We'll come back through and give it a refresh, give it new technology. Um, get it updated and current. Mm, might be time for a facelift in there. Yeah, do, right? <laughs> Definitely. And it feels good. Um, a lot of people, once they work with us, they said, oh, I feel professional now. I feel like <laughs> yeah, I, right. I really know what I'm doing. <laughs> really? 
So aside from those, what do you think are some of the benefits of like working with a designer versus using Wix or WordPress or whatever? Um, some of it is price and being in control. So a lot of people um, give away too much control of their website, and I've seen a lot of people lose their website. So they you know, maybe worked with a, a designer that wasn't um, ethical, and uh, they expected them to renew their website. Sometimes that doesn't happen, and you just lose your website. So that's, that's a big factor. Um, another thing is price. So using Wix, I know Christina uses Wix, and, and there's some challenges to using Wix. Um, you don't have a lot of control over analytics. You don't have a lot of control over price. Everything is an add-on. You know, they get you with, it's a free website. Come, come on, join us. But you, if you want a free website with Wix, you have to be a Wix-branded website. Um, so you're advertising for them, not for yourself. Um, if you want your own branded website, you have to pay more. If you want to do email marketing, which everybody does, um, you have to pay more. And just all the add-ons quickly add up. Um, we had somebody who recently changed in February and realized once she added it all up, she was paying Wix like $700 a year for a, what she thought originally was a free website. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. You just don't know until, until you get going. So it's interesting because we have the do-it-yourself and then the pro way. And actually, our next guest actually talks about when you're selling your home to do it the proper way. Mm -hmm. So Matt, how are you? And welcome back to the show. This is your second time on the show. How have you been? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Uh, How's life been? How many homes have you developed and improved and uh, fixed? Well, I've been doing a lot of consulting. Just get closer and, to the mic uh, for us. How's that sound? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, a lot more uh, consulting and even getting more into construction and things like that. And uh, done some deals for clients uh, through mainly my referral network. Um, so yeah, just been uh, getting the word out about fixitlistedsold.com and um, still traveling a lot. Did a nice 10 day trip through Colorado mountain biking and Flagstaff a lot this summer getting out of the heat. So trying to mix it up and have fun as well. No injuries mountain biking? No, no, <laughs> not this time. <laughs> I kept the rubber side down as they say. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're evaluating your home, um, what is the best way you can start? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I just wrote a blog that's going to be on my website. Um, I, I'm just uh, putting some finishing touches on it. But um, it's Flipping 101. It kind of just tells people how it's, it's definitely popular now and people are um, getting into the trend of it because of where we're at in the marketplace. But... Uh, kind of just um, a guide on how to go flip a house if you wanted to go fix up a house and flip it. So um, one thing I thought I could talk about, if, you, if you're selling your house, um, you, you really should treat it the same way as if you were flipping a house. Uh, some of those same uh, components and criteria that you would look at, um, you would do the same thing for your house. So, so yeah, I basically like, is your house updated for the market? How to maximize your value? What would be the amount of investment you should put into your house to, to maximize the rate of return. Uh, so for example, if you're gonna, why put 50 grand into your house if you're only gonna make 50 grand more on it? So evaluating the, the ROI, the, the rate of return, um, is, is one of the things. So yeah, stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of details behind that in, in terms of you know, what, what are the trends and what are the most current things to do for fix up? What would you fix up first? as opposed to the last thing to do. And what would those be? Well, um, 
I think having the house very functional um, is very important because you're going to go through an inspection period, especially if you're trying to get top dollar for your house. So when people are looking at photos online, uh, they're always going to look at, you know, we're still in this uh, trend of, you know, quartz countertops and the white cabinets and the plank flooring and that type of thing. So I think that kind of there's the lipstick on the pig kind of thing. You know, it's like you want it to look good. You want it to look good in photos. You want it to show well. And, and that's definitely going to add value for people who don't have the means to go in and remodel it once they get it. So that stuff is very important. But once you get into the inspection period, you know, inspectors are going to look behind the walls. They're going to look at the roof. They're going to look at the operational systems. And I mean, there is a way to handle that all in the inspection period. But if it's not up to snuff, you're going to get asked either for a discount or asked to fix all that stuff afterwards. So, um, yeah, so those things need to be addressed too, but it all comes down to what your budget is and how much you can spend ultimately. Uh, you can fix things like uh, old water lines and problems with your sewer in the inspection period when the buyer asks for it. And that's what, that's actually what a lot of flippers do. They'll make it look real nice and they, they say, well, if they want this other stuff fixed, let them ask for it. And some people with, um, you know, with realtors that aren't really up to the task, they'll miss it and they won't get it done. They won't ask for it. So the flipper doesn't really end up having to spend the money on it. But a lot of flippers kind of know that, hey, if they've got a good inspector and a good realtor, we might have to put another 30 grand into this house to get the deal done because we are asking top dollar for it. So what is like the worst thing you can make over where you won't get your money back? What should be the last thing you do? Well, um, you know, if you talk about over improving for the neighborhood, um, you know, doing additions that take you into too high of a, um, a square footage uh, where it's really going to push the price up too high. I mean, just, you know, if you're adding a whole room on or, um, you know, that can really require a lot of investment. So it really is neighborhood specific, you know, everything. There's not one general um, blueprint for the whole city, for example. You're going to want to look at the neighborhood and see what what the sweet spot is for square footages and prices if you're going to maximize that price. And like I said, if you start working it backwards, you just want to look at the same way an investor would. What's the least amount of money I could put in to right. make the most amount of money? And so as you start walking through it, um, but why leave 50 grand on the table if all you had to do was put in 15 grand? Um, and so, like I said, um, you know, I think people could maybe really over-improve a kitchen or over-improve bathrooms, which are more of the expensive things to do for their neighborhood, you know, and um, they're already at a decent price point where it sits and then you go and dump 7,500 grand into the kitchen and bathrooms and it's like, no, we didn't make any money on that. Uh, but usually those, those are good rate of return things, but um, uh, so it, it, is, it is area specific and neighborhood specific. It does depend on where your house sits now. So you do need kind of an analysis. And so that's one thing I, I initially do. I offer a free consultation. I'll come in and I'll say, okay, you know, we run comps for the neighborhood and we say, this is where your house sits now. This is your as is value. This is where the neighborhood's at. If you were to add these things, you, you would do really well on maximizing your value. And this is where you're not going to get beat up in the inspection period. Like your roof is bad and you let the buyer come in and bring their roofing inspector and they say, hey, this thing needs a $20,000 roof. And then the buyers are going to be like, we want that $20,000 roof or this is a done deal. It's like, yeah, we should have handled that up front for seven grand, you know. Uh, so, yeah, just a couple of examples. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It makes me think of the website, too, at the same time. Like if you really invest in your business ahead of time or if you really invest in your property, you can really get some money back. So do you and you actually, Megan, you come from 
the real estate development world too. So do you ever see a little bit of the same mindset when it comes to building a website that you do into real estate? Absolutely. So a lot of people will um, hold themselves back a little bit because they don't want to invest in the technology. You know, they want to do a membership site, but they kind of piece it together through Facebook or some free options and those free options really limit them or they don't flow well together. Um, If you don't invest the time and the money to plan it out well, you're going to hold yourself back forever. Um, we had somebody who recently did a, a makeover with us and, and we put all of those pieces together rather than in a million different areas. And she's been able to really kick it this year. Um, just in the Beth? path. No, this is Sandra <laughs> Jarvis. Have you done Beth's website? <laughs> I haven't. Oh, really? I know, I know. Wow. She, yeah, sisters, Wait, right? have you done your personality check as well? Do you know what your initials are? Or? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's off I, it was my fascinating radar. when she did it because we <laughs> kind of have a similar. Yes. We're just like, oh. yeah. Beth is gonna call in right now. <laughs> yeah, just text, like, text her right now. Megan's personality type F- is we'll be TJ taking the t- something. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. FNTJ. Does that sound right? I-N-T-J, I don't know. Maybe. INTJ. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's going to be so Some proud. letters put together. Yeah. Yes, they are. I totally took this the other way. Yeah. But okay, so go back to the website. And when people cut corners like that, is it something mm-hmm. that they can repair or is it best to start fresh or like how bad? Usually it be? it's just like a house. Yeah. Um, if you've messed up enough things, it's better just to come and gut it, right? Just to start fresh and, and you're going to probably spend less money doing it over than you would to fix all the areas that are broken. Um, so that's that how I see it. Absolutely. Like, it can be scary for people. You're going to blow up my website. But, <laughs> but here's with this lady, um, she said, I could have hired you twice with what I had spent myself trying to figure it out mm. and piece it together. So it definitely pays to work with a professional who knows what they're doing just the, just the same as it does with your real estate. So when people are getting to this point, what is a reasonable budget that they can think of? Like maybe they're coming with a sustainable website. They just need a couple of twitches to they have to start fresh. Like what's like, yeah. <laughs> there's a huge spectrum. Yeah. Uh, and but it, what's a good starting or. So um, as far as lower price websites go, ours generally start in the $2,500 range and then can go up from there. If you're e-commerce and you have thousands of products, it's going to take a long build. Um, if you're uh, a company, we're working with um, Midwest Wealth Ventures up in Michigan this year, and uh, they need a client portal that's safe, secure, all those types of things. That's going to be more. Um, if you need just a few tweaks here and there, we, we do that through project managers, um, and that's just billed hourly. So it just depends on what your needs are. So you can really work mm-hmm. with Absolutely. most budgets and see what Most they budgets, can. yeah. So when you build it out yourself, is it what platform do you use? My preferred is WordPress or um, it depends on if you're e-commerce. If you're e-commerce and you're serious e-commerce, you need to go up a level or two. Um, there's great platforms like Shopify is okay. Uh, 3D Cart's great. Um, Big Commerce, those are some really great platforms. Hmm. And what if someone is determined to do it themselves? This question is <laughs> for both of you. Mm-hmm. Can you guide them? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So Are what, you willing to guide them? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've created actually a, a mini course. So it's a smaller budget. You know, those people that want to come with the $300 budget, we can work with you. You can take our class and we'll help you make tweaks along the way. Uh, but it's really up to you. 
So we'll guide you and give you the, the skills to do that. Um, but you're not a professional and you get what you get. Basically, whatever you put into it, that's what it's going to look like. We can help fix a few things and we have done that for clients. Um, but it's, it's going to be a little bit less than you would get with a professional. And this is a little course that you offer? It is. It is. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Um, it is just beginner website design with yeah. WordPress. Got so. it. I might need to nice. talk to you about my website. <laughs> I'm a do-it-yourselfer, and I built mine on yeah. WordPress. Yeah, and uh, mine's m mainly informational. I don't really yeah. sell anything on the site, but, um, you know, I just want to know if it's too wordy or if it needs more of this or that. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll probably talk to you for sure after the show and uh, have good. you look at my website. You just have a sale. Well, and it, it makes a difference. Um, that's one of the trends, you know, uh, before everybody just put a ton of wording on their websites and that's what you wanted for SEO and that's great. But today we're so visual as, as the, you know, millennials come up, they want those pretty websites too so you got to have a good mix yeah. um to to sell them on your service yeah. even if you don't sell a product you have to sell them on your service and if you look professional they're going to come to you over the guy next door yeah so i'm getting ready to kind of refresh and upgrade my blog page and mm -hmm. um you know i want to link it over to facebook i want to be able to put maybe an initial tidbit on facebook and have it linked back to my blog page and should you just have one hyperlink for the article? My uh, guy that helps me out um, had put the whole URL hyperlink in there, and I thought it was too wordy, too much, and I was mm -hmm. trying to scale it back. And then, you know, then it's all this interfacing with YouTube and all the different functionality you want for it to be simple to click through all those platforms and right. get back to where you, want, where you want to be. So, yeah, we should definitely talk because, I don't know, you get lost in all of it. <laughs> you do. Facebook's updating their algorithms, algorithms all the time. Week. You know, every and it's other just week. Like, yeah, and I don't really want to spend time doing that. So Yeah, um, and that's what we find all the time is just I want to focus on my business and you can focus on the tech side. On the real estate side, yeah, uh, I actually have a service where if somebody wants to remodel their house, so if you're going to pay a general contractor, do it the way it works, and we may as well talk about the difference between subs and generals, because a lot of people just don't know what that means. But a general contractor is kind of the, the quarterback of all the contractors. They're the one that comes in, they're licensed to hire all the subcontractors, meaning like the, the plumbers, the tile guys, framers, drywallers, the painters, all that stuff. They can oversee everything, they can give you one bid for everything, and their license and insurance will cover all those sub trades. So some people, Okay, that comes with a price. General contractors typically in this marketplace are, are they'll add up everything and then they're going to charge you 20% more for their service on top of all that for the, the basically like the construction management. So when you hire a general, you are paying a premium. So with my service, if you list your home with me, you get free general contracting. I'm going to come in and say, here's what you should do. I'm going to handle all the bids for you. I'm going to get it all together. I'm going to supervise the work. That's all free. There's not going to be that 20% add-on. And... I'll list your house. It's a service you need anyway. So it's kind of a two for one service. That's the fix it, list it, sold service and underneath my Matthew McEvick real estate uh, umbrella. So now if people want to remodel their house, because uh, I do free uh, consultations for remodeling and they kind of are very hands on, they want to handle it. I have a service where I'll come in and kind of just consult them and let them ha handle the contractor. So it's going to end up being cheaper. They're not going to pay for me to be there all the time. Um, watching contractors, doing quality control on tile work and cabinets, 
They're going to say they can do that. I'm going to say, here's how you have to handle it. You got to know what you want. You got to be on top of people on your own because that's a big thing in this business is really babysitting contractors and making sure they're showing up. Um, and there's just a lot of nuance to that in this marketplace where people are busy. Uh, subcontractors are busy right now. People are having a hard time even getting them to show up. Um, you might deal with that. You might deal with, uh, well, look, we got them to this price on, you know, um, $10,000 for our kitchen cabinets. It was a really good price. Well, the guy might have gone out and got five more jobs at $20,000. And guess what? You just got put on the back burner. And you might not know why he didn't show up on Monday. Um, you, might, you might wonder why he only had one guy on the job site. So that's all the stuff that happens in the contracting world, especially when you do good and you negotiate a good price. And, and then you find out, well, there's a lot of other people out there that want to use these guys. And now I know why people might hire a general contractor. But for people that want to do it on their own, I can offer a service where um, I just am there as kind of a consultant um, just for a, a smaller fee. And I help them with design and everything and then maybe even give them some referrals. Uh, with, with contractors. But with, in, in that world, like where realtors refer contractors and that kind of thing, um, it's very much a moving target. It's always in flux with contractors. I can have a contractor I've worked with for years, but if he's busy, he's probably going to give me a higher bid for that particular job or just say I'm too busy to do it or not show up. It's always in flux. You're always rebidding a job. I mean, very few people have contractors in their pocket that are just going to jump for them. Um, these guys are out there trying to make all the money they can in this marketplace. They're busy. They're trying to schedule. They lose workers to other companies. It's all in flux, right? <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So. Sounds exhausting. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a common problem. It's always like that. Yeah. And that's, that's why I say when I get the word out about my business and people realize what contracting means, they, they've, done con they've hired people and they have all this anxiety about, God, we have to get all this stuff fixed before we list. And there's anxiety. And that's why they should just call me and let me do it for them for free because it's, it's, I'm going to take it out of their hands. We're going to do the right things. We're going to not do things we don't need to do. I'm going to get probably better pricing than they can get. I, I know how to negotiate it. I know what is too low of a price to negotiate so that people aren't showing up, that kind of thing. You want to avoid that. So, yeah, it is, um, you know, that's why there's a whole profession of just, you know, uh, general contracting, you know, bidding jobs for, for that profit margin um, because it's, it's, you know, anybody that's hired contractors know what it can be like. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'd like to know how both of you can um, either make the house more sellable or make the website more enticing. We'll be right back. Did you fall out of love with your marketing? Are you ready to reconnect with your audience and grow beyond your own limitations? Get to the Ellen Sparks Agency and demand a Spark Session right away. Spark Sessions are tailored just for you, the busy, growing business owner looking to bring the sparks back. EllenSparksAgency.com. And that's Ellen with only one L for love your marketing. All right, we're back with the developers, the geeky <laughs> developers. How's that? Do you like that? I like it. All right, cool. So, okay, so how do I make my website stand out? Like if it's been around for 10 years and <laughs> it, it needs something. Yeah, absolutely. One of the first things that can really give your website a facelift is new photography. 
So working with a good brand photographer is what I recommend over just a headshot person. So Carrie wrote boobs. Is that true? <laughs> you add boobs to the website. Depends on the kind of website, I'm sure. <laughs> Have you done, do you do websites like that? Is that something? I don't. You don't? Okay. I don't. So I really focus more on e-commerce. Um, I, I do a lot of real estate websites. I do e-commerce. And, and they're all insurance. real businesses. I mean, mm-hmm. from, Absolutely. it's funny because I think Instagram I mean, it's funny how she said boobs, but I mean, like it sells, like it's amazing what we look for and what, what, you know, catches our eyes. So I don't know if that's something, and you can ask on the real estate side, but um, (laughs) what should we be doing as far as photography? And do you work with photographers that Mm -hmm. are? Yeah. So there's some really amazing branding photographers and they understand the difference between a headshot and a website so with a website you need wide shots you don't need a bunch of vertical shots where if you go to just a regular photographer that's what they're going to want to do is just portraits Um, and so also taking your brand and pulling it through your photography so the the colors the feel the um kind of your your style of how you work can come through in photography as well it Uh, seems like a lot of organization do you work with a stylist or do you work with someone that can help on that side not only the photographer side but there there's a whole team that generally comes and is a part of that from makeup artists to um hairstylists to actual stylists if you if you don't have the clothing you can rent the clothing um to create that feel and that brand um photographers will travel all over the world uh, i have a branding photographer who works out of poland um but she travels to LA all the time she travels to New York all the time those types of things so photography is one that instantly will up level your look Uh, you could leave everything else the same and just change out your photos and it it looks brand new Um, another thing is is the structure um, of how you lay out your website and working with a, a website designer versus doing it yourself you understand the parts and pieces that a person needs to go through to understand more about a product so we're going to take them through a little snippet about the products. We're not going to shove a bunch of content down their throat the first thing they land on your site. We're going to start to make them feel good about your company. What kind of a company are you? Are you um, giving back in the community? Are you um, just in it for yourself <laughs> kind of a feeling? Um, people can, can read that if you're, you're trying to sell too hard. Um, Also testimonials. That's a huge area that a lot of people forget about or don't put on their website that helps people feel good about exchange of money, right? So it's outlining um, the structure and the flow of how someone would come to your website, learn about you, see your products, then get that reaffirmation from testimonials. Somebody else has bought this product. I can feel comfortable purchasing. Do you ever work with um, like click funnels and creating? Oh, you're smiling. There's something here. Yeah. I don't like click funnels. And the reason why is I feel like your website can do the exact same thing for way We're less. In total agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your website can can do that without a four thousand dollar price tag each year. Um, and is it you, really that much now? Sometimes it just depends on the plan you go with. Wow. Uh, there's, there's, you know, Kajabi's another big one that, that everybody is saying you can build a, a, a course website on WordPress for way less than that. Yeah. I, it didn't make sense. Like when it came out, I'm like, isn't that just your website leading mm-hmm. to something? Yeah. Yeah. And again, as, as you put your 
website on somebody else's platform, what happens when they change? Yeah, they, you've lost it. You lost it. So WordPress is always evolving. It is a community-based um, software system, but you are in control of that. And much cheaper. Way cheaper. Like a way lot. cheaper. Yeah, usually under $200, depending on your business, yeah. you can get a website per year. Depends on how stingy you are. I'm pretty stingy. Depends. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Between domain, between hosting, between all of those types of things. Awesome. All do right. You, so, oh, good. Do you work with people on like SEO as well? I do. You do? Yeah. So, uh, for the last company that I worked for, I worked for a local company um, for about 10 years. And one of the things that I did was help them to get their website to the first page of Google. So, yes, blogging is huge. Um, and, and just that ongoing content makes a difference. Yeah, I feel like it's this elusive thing. Like it is. <laughs> being a hairstylist in Scottsdale. Right. Like there's thousands of people I'm like up against. Right. So I don't even go there. I don't even, I don't even tackle it. <laughs> and probably most people aren't. So yeah. if you even put forth any effort, you would probably get ahead. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk. And yeah. it's something that's ever evolving too because people it change as their AdWords and everything else. So it's something you have to stay on all of the time. You do. And, and having that ongoing content. So that's where blogging articles come into play because every time you write an article, you send a notice to Google, hey, I'm fresh, I'm relevant. Mm -hmm. Every time you link it to YouTube, it, mm -hmm. it ups where you are as well. Yep, exactly. Do you think that's the major problem? Most people just want to create the website and be done with it and not come back to it ever? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I go to websites all the time and they're like, I don't know why people aren't buying. And the first thing you see is 2012 on a blog, right? <laughs> and are you still in business? I don't know. I can't tell because mm -hmm. that's what you're highlighting. You looked at my website, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I'll totally call I'll myself out. Oh, okay, yes, back uh, to Matt. You, well, I want to. I want to. I'm still asking her questions too. Here. <laughs> Do you um, like? Is there a formula for like when it is overwhelming when you're talking about YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. all this stuff? I mean, your 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 website is like you. That's your home. That's your base thing. That's your hub. Um, I mean, do you help people with the right formula of how much they should be doing on Facebook and how much they should be doing on YouTube and their own content to create? I mean, like for me, if I'm going to post, like I like to give people a lot of information, but if you link to an article that takes them away from you and onto somebody else, I mean, I know that you don't yeah. want to get in the habit of doing that too much. I mean, yeah. I don't mind sharing all the information that I know and that I can get and find because there's a lot of it out there. but. Do you help people with that ratio of you should have this much of your stuff out there on this and it, this much should point back to your website and that sort of thing? So what I do is I recommend people always start with video to create content on their website. So creating that video, <laughs> then you can take that video, Blossomy. put it on YouTube. Yeah. You can put pieces and parts of it on Facebook and Instagram and all, you know, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, and then you can take that video and turn it into a podcast if you wanted to. You can also turn it, take it and get it transcribed and it becomes your blog. Mm -hmm. And then all your marketing, your Facebook, your Instagram, everything is leading back to your website. Mm -hmm. So I, as much as you can, lead them back to you, not out to someone right. else. So like for uh, research I did for the latest, now this has been a few months, so it's probably outdated, but it was <laughs> like the latest thing was these the short videos for Facebook, like for Facebook ads, it was mm -hmm. short videos. So like even I switched my landing page to be a video of me talking. So okay. it's like, 
that's easy for people. They can get the yeah. point right away. They can get to know and me. They and they stay on your website for two to three minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, then they can enter the site <laughs> if they really want to. But then they got to read, you know. Yeah. It's like, so it's like, well, how much should they be reading? How many pictures should they be looking at instead? And all that sort of thing. So for me, I always say you need a mix. Mm -hmm. um, everybody is different. I would rather read because I can read way faster than I can sit and watch your video. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just my personality. But other people, I don't know if Christina is this way younger generations my my sister's a, like seven years younger and she always says i would rather watch a video any day mm -hmm. oh mm -hmm. not me i'd rather read yeah i hate videos and i think that's why i have like zero video marketing because uh -huh. i'm like nobody watches videos but i'm thinking no i don't watch videos <laughs> <laughs> they do watch really? as long as they're not too long that's the magic you gotta yeah. find the magic and i mean number. think about youtube that is just massively huge and it's it just is. video based you know and, yeah and it depends i really recommend be on the platforms that make sense for your business. Um, Twitter probably isn't the best place for Christina. Um, even for me, I don't, I don't really do that much on Twitter. YouTube is a great um, spot for me to get people. People go and they, they watch a video about how I taught them to spy on their competitors. They love that video and I have oh, a lot of people spying. come. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. That's it. Very useful. <laughs> so just, it depends on what you do. And you know, Facebook really isn't where I get clients, but I do post on there sometimes. Most of my clients come from referrals and networking. Mm -hmm. So. Speaking of networking, I literally just went to the bathroom and I was thinking how, like just by going to your networking event, <laughs> How many? What are you guys laughing at? Segway. I was sitting there just thinking. <laughs> networking. I was about. sitting there thinking, and your networking event that you host, events that you host, there's been so many people who have come through and been on our podcast just because of that. There's been like yeah. four or five. Yeah. And that's so cool. And networking is huge. I you have huge. to have that personal interaction with people, and sometimes online you lose that. Um, some people say I'm against social media. I'm really not. I just want you to do activities that bring real revenue to your business. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is you go and network with someone and they say, okay, that's awesome. What's your website? I want to go look at it a little bit more. And so it's a backup uh, feature to help sell after you've talked to someone. Yeah. But you have to know that they're also looking at your social media. Often. Um, Absolutely. The, the, the stats, the numbers is 52% of people who hear about your business will go to your website first before mm. they contact you. Mm -hmm. Only 25% will go to social media. 22% mm. or so will go to like Yelp or something else. So well, and again, it's, it's still also a huge the factor. audience. Like what's the 25% yeah. that's going exactly. that? That the real audience or is right. it the 50%? So you right. may want to just look at you know, where is your audience? Like I for sure love when she puts the before and after on Instagram. Oh, absolutely. And the stories and like that's something that's engaging. Mm -hmm. And now she's like putting down dates that are available. Like it's brilliant. It mm -hmm. is. And, but one of the things, uh, I was just getting a haircut this week from Christina. Um, she said, you know, I'm really not getting clients from Instagram yet. So you have to build that and you have to really get that following going um, before the, the clients come. Sometimes that's just in person and, and, follow up with your other marketing to help um, when they refer somebody out to come and, and see you. Well, see, it's my, also the touches. Like it yeah. could be some Instagram, some Facebook, some podcast, like it right. could be all of it and it, go, okay, finally I need a haircut. Yeah. And that's yeah, where that's analytics true. can come in and yeah. really help you with your business. So a lot of people, they say only about like 10% of websites actually have analytics installed. 
so you can see the traffic. What? Who? Who are my audience? Is it men? Is it women? Is it the twenty-year-olds? It is it the fifty-year-olds or six-year-olds? Like even just talking about this, like where does it all come from? Like you can go crazy oh, trying absolutely. to analyze it versus go do your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's part That's of it. True. That's part of it, but also creating <laughs> content around what those people want. So I love. Well, and analytics. isn't it more of like what you want to give too? Like yeah. if you start, you know, giving them what they want versus being true to who you are. And I can go into a big uh, tangent there, on this there, one. Yeah, we, there's different different mindsets on that for sure. Well, and what are you doing it for? Is it for the money or is it for your fulfillment? Right. Yeah. Because if 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 you want to do it for your fulfillment, only that's great. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, all you have to do is check in with yourself. Uh, did, did I get fulfilled? <laughs> but if you want to sell a product, it's important. We had somebody, um, it, they didn't invest with us. It was another uh, Facebook marketer. But they um, invested pretty much their life savings into that product Whoa, because wow. they believed in it. But they hadn't proven that anybody wanted that product. And then they were disappointed when it didn't sell. Mm. So you, you have to have that mix and know, is it a pet project or is it a business I want to grow? Hmm. <clears throat> Matt, do you do any networking? Uh, yeah, I, I've been trying to get into the trends of doing everything I can. I mean, I do um, networking events, and I've mm-hmm. been doing the, uh, well, and then in addition to the Facebook stuff, it's just kind of just working your sphere of influence and trying Absolutely. to stay in touch with all those people. And um, not that you don't anyways, but, you know, maybe just being more consistent about yeah. it. Um, and then I even do little chunks of uh, uh, door knocking. Like I pick areas I want to be in and I go to, and it's amazing sometimes the conversations I get into because I'm a lifelong soccer person. I've had a soccer academy. I still play soccer and I'll run into a guy and he'll start telling me about his son or his daughter-in-law and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's on my team. This happened the other day. We start talking, we start talking about soccer lessons and all this kind of thing. So just being out there and getting in front of people Mm -hmm. and actually talking to them because all these other things are kind of channels to lead you to customers. But when you knock on somebody's door it's like they're standing right in front right. of you. And you can talk to them. And yeah, I mean, it's, um, it is a very kind of old school way of going about it. But it's just I mix it in a little bit. You yeah. know, I'll mix it in a little bit maybe once a week or every two weeks and just go to the places that I like you to be. You want to be. Yeah, and just talk to people. And it's very direct. Yeah. So. And that's the same with any business. If, you know, Christina really likes somebody's hair, she's going to go talk <laughs> to them. If, if I wanted to help somebody with their website, I can reach out to them directly. You know, I, I could help you up level this a little bit. These are some things you're doing great. You got to be really careful. I'm sure you understand that you can't tell people you really need to fix your house. It's really, <laughs> but yeah. just, just that right. People mix. really like talk. I mean, most people want to talk about stuff they want to do to their house. Yeah. I mean, usually people are like, well, I want to redo the bathroom. I want to mm-hmm. do this. I want to do that. And um, so when you do kind of get in front of people about it, they, they have a, yeah, they want mm-hmm. right there on site. Well, what would you do with this? What about this? You know, we had a roof out. We had this out. So yeah, um, there's a lot to talk about there, which like back to your point about what helps your house sell. Um, it's to cut to the chase on that one. The most important thing about houses and selling is price. Okay. People search in a price range. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're shopping outside of your price range, you're, you're probably just wasting everybody's time. But First, you're going to look at the price range. So within a price range, and you're looking at all these houses, you know, in this, say you're looking in the $400,000 range, and all these houses are going to come up. The ones that are outdated are going to sit more than a house for the same price range that, you know, is updated. But then you get into things like the quality of just that area, the quality of your street, 
I mean, you can be in the, a good area, but what happens if you got a really bad neighbor, you mm-hmm. know, that has stuff out in the yard? You know, just it just doesn't look good or it doesn't feel right. Lot orientation, you know, in Phoenix, I most people want a northern or eastern facing backyard because in the summer, the western facing backyards and southern, they just get roasted. I mean, get roasted out of your own backyard. Now, some winter visitors, you know, they're not here um, so much in the summer and they want that western. But for the most part, you know, that's so there's all these little factors that can affect the, the sellability of your house. But for the most part, it's about pricing it right for what you're offering. And um, then the first thing people look at are going to be photos, you know, online, because most people come from the multiple listing service. They're Mm going to come from the MLS and people that do poor photos are just (laughs) shooting themselves in the foot. Do good photos, do, do nice photos. Um, cause that's, what's going to bring people in to be interested in your property in the first place. I mean, you can even be outdated and do nice photos and get some traction out of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, photos and price and just the level of updating and, and how nicely remodeled your houses are, are major factors for a given price range. I love how they both relate. Like these two businesses are so funny. Like, <laughs> like it's so funny. Like you were talking about photos. And one of the, the fun things that I was thinking about when you were talking was it all leads back to a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like what we're really trying to create, like door knocking or a website, like you're really trying to get back to a conversation that you can actually ask for the sale. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing. Like what's going to make that possible? Mm-hmm. Well, and there is so much noise out there. I call it white <laughs> noise with just all this activity. You know, right. there's all this activity and like the economy's good right now. The real estate market's good. And I mean, you have, I, I don't know the number. It's something in the neighborhood of like six, 40, 60,000 realtors in Arizona. So there's just everybody's learning how to go out there and market themselves. And But really, like, who knows what they're doing? Who doesn't? Um, who do you talk to? So there's all this noise to cut through. And, yeah, you want to get to that conversation with somebody where they think, okay, I wanted to ask these questions, and I really feel like this person is good at answering. They're good at what they do, mm-hmm. you know, because um, – um, it is about cutting through all that other static out there. Yeah, one of the biggest parts of a business in any business that I've been in is the customer service side of it. Being able to be genuine with people, being able to explain clearly what you do, and to give that service. You do what you say you're going to do, and and then once you do that for one person, it just spreads. What yeah. made you call it what you called it? Customer service? No, no, your business name. Oh, Geeked Out Media. <laughs> um, I played around for a while with different names. I was Geeky Girls for a little while, and and really I wanted it to be that tech side. Um, a lot of people come and they're just frustrated with tech. So they come and they, they want that help, so that geek side. Um, I've been in the, the industry for you know, 16, 17 years now, um, and, and I love it. And then the media side of it is is your website is a hub for every bit of marketing that you do. So it has to in- include that. So we help people with optimizing their social media accounts. So they're set up right to actually lead people back to their website um, and different things and aspects like that. Your website um, is the hub, but it has to work with a lot of other technology. Hmm. So, and you recently rebranded too. I remember you were going through that. Yeah, so it was uh, last year, so it's been almost a year now. Wow. Yeah, it went by fast. I can't believe that. <laughs> why, why did you? Just changing from Geeky Girls website design to Geeked Out Media. As I grow, I can take on different people to help with sales, to, to do different aspects, and they don't feel 
like they're just working for girls. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say geeky <laughs> girls, but up. totally. It like, <laughs> I want to be geeked out. Geeky girls. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's one of the things too is is when people are done with us that we show it off. This company is now geeked out. So oh, that's cool. It's fun. Oh, that is cute. Do you ever have fun with like the whole geek? Oh yeah, theme? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, really? absolutely. Oh, where can we find those photos? <laughs> <laughs> I'll find them for you. <laughs> are you on Instagram? I am. Okay. Yeah. So everywhere we're at, it's Geeked Out Media. All right. We'll have to. Can you imagine if she said no? Like, <laughs> I no, might I'm cry. not on Instagram. No, and I don't have a website either. <laughs> and that's something to Under look for. And probably the same thing in construction. Look at your por- the portfolio of the company you're, you're purchasing something from. I see website designers' websites all the time that are terrible. Terrible, terrible. There's no information on them. They're outdated. Um, they started a blog, but they've still got the welcome posts from WordPress in them. <laughs> they, they haven't completed their website. Why would you want them to do yours? Mm. Just a thought. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> We're all quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same in any, in any industry with real estate. You better be on your game as far as real estate goes. You better know the latest trends and have the latest technology going into it. So like a financial advisor, I, I need to like look at your numbers first? Yeah. 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 Let me look at your bank account. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to make sure you're good with money before you tell other people how to do it. Yeah, yeah that's a good I point. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I do. That's Megan, what do you think you would do if you, didn't, if you don't do what you do now as a career? As a career? Um, I don't know. I, that's the thing that I've always thought about. People ask me, you know, what are your hobbies? Um, is computers a hobby? Like that's, <laughs> that's my, that's my it's a very geeky life. answer. It is a very <laughs> geeky answer. So I'd probably be build, building websites for free for people because that's what I love to do. Yeah. Um, my grandpa was one of those people that had a computer the size of his room when it first came out. So we've just kind of grown up in that that industry and and that's what I do. Probably the other thing is probably social work. Yeah. Uh, with foster kids or something like that. That's a passion of mine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good to see that for you. What about you, Matt? What would you do if you don't didn't do what you do? Uh, well, I kind of do a little bit of everything all the time anyway. So I, mean, I live through my hobbies, uh, soccer. Um, I've had a soccer academy. I still do work with kids and coach, do some coaching. Um, mountain biking, adventure. I, I love adventure. Mm-hmm. I love uh, backcountry, backpacking and that sort of thing. So I love to travel. I love to cook. Um, so yeah, I kind of spread it around with those hobbies as well as uh, you know. And in in the industry, I love uh, seeing a project come to fruition. I love building custom spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a lot in the custom building industry, and so I love I love design. I, you know, I usually have a lot of creative ideas, which is what I help people figure out when they're looking at their house. You know, how to not only just do what's modern and what you know is in what's trendy right now but how to do something unique how to make it look really custom for you and how to have something when people walk in they're gonna be like oh wow that's Mm -hmm. cool you know i really so i'm kind of creative that way and designing spaces and and details so Mm -hmm. i really like doing that kind of thing so what's the weirdest private space you've done for someone Oh, um, <laughs> the weirdest. <laughs> I know where Carrie's mind is. <laughs> I'm just asking. Well, that an interesting um, question. <laughs> I got to go into the weird category. That, that might be hard. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe something like uh, in a bathroom where they wanted, um, 
I guess I would put it more in like something sexy, you know, like a sexy space in the woman's bathroom with like mirrors and stuff like that. Um, you know, custom tiles and mirrors and, and fixtures that, you know, let's just say it was on the sexy side, you know, so, um, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it was just her bathroom, you know, and it was her space. And so, yeah, we got into kind of designing that everything, you know, with the faucets and mirrors and you tile. Do some, like weird meditation rooms. And... Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can have a room for every category really, if you want to. So have um, you built a she shed for anyone? See, <laughs> <laughs> Lots of man caves, but I have to say I haven't done a she shed. I mean, that's, that's a great thing. Maybe we should put that out there. You You can have a little salon booth and, you know, for the women mountain bikers out there, you can have where you turn wrenches right next to it. I don't know. (laughs) How about you? What was the strangest website you've ever created? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone that's out there. I've I've been asked to do some weird ones, but um, just priced them pretty high. (laughs) This might be a whole nother show. (laughs) I should have asked you to work with my mom. She briefly had an erotic toy boutique online. I was asked to do that, and so I priced oh, really? it high. <laughs> they didn't come back. So. E-commerce, baby. <laughs> it is e-commerce. It is e-commerce. So. Sure. so are there any businesses that you want to work with in the future? Like anything that's coming up that you'd be like, this would be phenomenal. And maybe it is. So, with- so a couple ones that I am starting to work with is more of those foundation um, sides, which I love to do, just kind of causes um, working with um, the Be Daring Foundation. It's a mental health um, group down in, in South Phoenix. They're partnering with the Suns and different things like that. So that's a really fun one for me. Um, there's also a, a company, Hope and Adoption. So um, nice. just, just those feel good. I, I love to help people with a cause, not just jerks that just want to make money. Hi, so. puppy jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like to have a cause. I like to, to work with people that are, that are doing good things in the community. Yeah. You mentioned something the other day about you're hosting an event or something coming up. Oh, um, we're working with uh, Aspire Her up in Utah. Okay. And they are a, a women's business event and getting a new website because they tried to do it themselves and it didn't work out as well as they thought. So they're they're looking to have about 2,000 um, women attend it next year. So we're going to be helping them with their event website. Trip to Utah? Yeah. Okay. Utah? Anybody? Nobody? <laughs> when is that one? It's uh, next June. Okay. Mm, it's a women's event. Okay. He's like, ooh, even better. 2,000 right. women to pick from. <laughs> I think it's smart when guys go to those women events. No, I think it's be. really great. They always stand yeah. out. They do. And Creative they, marketing. They do business, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. and who I'd, else is gonna be owning the house? I'd be pissed off if I saw a man at a women's networking event. Really? Are you kidding me? Oh my god, it happens all the time. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? No, so I, I love could it. just go to men's networking events. Why not? Because <laughs> I, I don't like want to be like, like you a do. vulture. <laughs> I feel like you do. <laughs> don't be attacked by vultures. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that the only limitation is the one you want to put on it. But I think yeah. it's always open to yeah, you know, anyone you want to yeah buy a ticket. Yeah, especially if it's a fundraiser or something that's mm-hmm. raising awareness. Yeah. By all means. Yeah. I mean, I could see where it's, you know, focused on women, Mm -hmm. but. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen. Support is support. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of husbands will go with their wives um, to events like that sometimes. And I've seen men on the board and they show up for the events and they've got a table and support to give. So, yeah, I like it. So we're going to Utah next year. 
I love Utah. I'm going in a couple yeah, weeks for a mountain biking Zion's trip. Zion's so, yeah. is so fun it's, and yeah, different yeah, places. It's a beautiful, beautiful Moab. state. Yeah. Why are you hating yeah. on Utah, Lisa? I'm not. You seem like you are. No, when I you went, made that it was up, cold honey. and dark <laughs> and scary when I went. <laughs> I've heard it's like mountainous and beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was winter and it never was been? cold no. and dark. Oh, I've been there a couple times. Yeah, yeah. it's great. I think it has the most uh, national parks of any state. It's huge. Um, yeah. yeah, it's got Canyonlands and Zion and... Then you got Moab and Salt Moab's Lake fun. area is great. I yeah. mean, all the skiing and mountain biking right mm-hmm. around the city. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great state. I'm going to Colorado for the first time in a couple of weeks. Oh, fun. I won't be here. Maybe I'll call in and join you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All men's nice. events? All men's events? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just decided. <laughs> uh, so any new projects coming up for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I kind of spread myself over a few different uh, mediums within real estate. So I still do um, uh, like larger development type things. So, you know, I, I'll, I'm looking at a project in Flagstaff for building townhomes and then also uh, like building an apartment complex here. Um, that's going to probably be a little bit more of the construction consulting kind of stuff. Um, so. It kind of gives me, it keeps me definitely in the marketplace with seeing the wide spectrum of what's going on in the market. Um, you know, you can analyze the market from what's just going on with home sales, but, you know, apartments are really on the rise. It's a, it's a huge industry right now. A lot of apartments being built because it's, there was, after the recession, there was a big demand on rentals. And uh, with, with where the millennials are and the baby boomers, you know, it went from this urban sprawl kind of thing and buying a house way out in the outskirts to building up the inner cities and the the downtowns and that's kind of where more of the trend is and where people want to be so the apartment construction has been way bigger than say new home construction that that trend has been much bigger so i do kind of keep my finger on the pulse by being able to do different things because i've kind of done all that i build custom homes uh i've done a lot of flipping um i've done you know custom work for people but i've also built and run apartment complexes and i've developed land so um I like to have kind of a, a, a wider uh, view of what's going on in the marketplace. And uh, that's kind of like in my blog, the flipping 101 thing and kind of always comparing it to like just your own house. It's always about the value of the investment that you're dealing with. I mean, for me, number one, your, your house is your biggest investment. So um, you should treat everything you do from that standpoint. But then also it's where you live. You know, it's where you live. It's where you derive, you know, your 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 joy from and every day you get up and have coffee in your kitchen. So I think that architecture can evoke emotion. So I think good design is a, is a really important thing. Um, so to be able to combine those elements of uh, a space that makes you feel good, along with making it a great investment, I think is the art and science in mm-hmm. real estate. And so, you know, I always strive to, to know what's going on in, in, uh, in the marketplace. And, and, I, and I love, you know, doing stuff in construction and design as well. Mm-hmm. I love it. it was definitely an interesting show it's always fun when we have two different um industries but it's so fun when you come back to people yeah and we're all doing what we know to do and really just sharing our love for whatever it is that we all love to do yeah so i just um, want to thank you both for being on the show and sharing what you're doing and we look forward to sharing this with a lot more people and a lot more websites come out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks Thank for having you. me. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye bye.